But I do invite you to turn to Luke chapter 13, where we will talk a little bit about seeds, birds, and trees. The parable of mustard seed. As Pastor Brad said, are you ready for a mystery? This is one of those great little parables that has just loads and loads and loads of mystery in it. And great promise and great hope for us. And I have been excited to preach this message all week long. To be with you, to gather with you. Could I just say to you again, and I've said it before, it is good to be with you. It is good to see you. It is good to greet you. It is good to welcome you into this place. Whether you're here in the sanctuary or joining us online, welcome. And give thanks to God that you can be here and be a part of this mysterious thing that God wants to do among us and in us and through us. One of the greatest invitations of all time is to be invited into the mysterious work of God. And when we gather here at the altar today and we pray and ask God's blessing upon Pastor Cephas Jinn and his wife Deborah and son Daniel as they begin this new work among us here in the San Gabriel Valley, it is a mysterious thing to see how God is already going ahead of them, preparing the way in a community that needs the gospel of Jesus Christ, that needs the hope that Jesus brings. And there is good news today in the San Gabriel Valley because of this new work. Thanks be to God. Amen. This morning, Melissa read a long passage from Luke chapter 13, verses 10 through 22. And as she was reading that passage, and as we listened to it, and perhaps as we read it ourselves, I hope we began to capture the mystery of what's taking place in the midst of all of this. That we begin to see something that sort of piques our curiosity. My wife will tell you that by nature, I'm a curious person. It began early in our marriage on our honeymoon. And part of our honeymoon we spent in San Francisco and the San Francisco Bay Area Rapid Transit District had just been formed and they were just building the BART system, the first public monorail system. And I was curious, I went, how does this work? Let's go take a ride on the BART. And so at Embarcadero Station in downtown San Francisco, right side of, outside of our hotel, we went underground, got a ticket, got on board, and not long after it crosses the bay, it goes up on top. And I'm completely curious about how does this work? We went from underground to under the bay to over on top on the monorail system and we had bought a ticket to Concord. Anybody know where Concord is? Joan said, why are you going to Concord? I don't know. <laughs> Haven't been there. It just was a place for us to turn around and go back. But my curiosity had been grabbed by this idea of this new transportation system. 
And so I wanted to see, I wanted to touch, I wanted to experience. And since then, I've written it many, many times. Do any of you remember when Walt Disney built the first monorail at Disneyland? That was brand new, way out into the future, and yet we see them everywhere now. Curiosity. Pastor Brad reminded us that parables are not problems to be solved, but mysteries to be embraced. And this parable of the mustard seed invites us into what is often a mystery for us. Where? Where can we find hope? Where can we find hope? Many people are asking that question today. And so it is, I pray that your curiosity is piqued by the question, by the mystery of the parable, by the mystery of the mustard seed. For I have found hope in the great ideas of Jesus, in the simple stories that he told in the midst of very complex tense times in his own life to give hope to others. I found hope in the significance of small things like mustard seeds that become something larger and sustain life for others. I found hope this week in the divine mystery and the idea that the kingdom of heaven continues to grow during times of uncertainty. I found hope this week in the compelling idea of divine revelation in this present day as it is located in this parable. Think about the hope and the great ideas of Jesus in these simple stories that he told. You will remember as Melissa read that passage that the first part of the passage was Jesus healing a woman in the synagogue on the Sabbath. Do you remember what happened? The leader of the synagogue said, there are six days to be healed. Don't do it on the Sabbath. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if someone had been healed here at this altar this morning and one of us said, it's the wrong day to be healed? Can you imagine? I have to tell you, that's a mystery to me. How could anybody even think that that's true? And then Jesus says, well, all of you take your donkey or your ox out of the stable on Sunday and water it so you have unbound it. Why should we not unbind this woman? It's a mystery to me that some people don't understand that God wants to do something beyond their own understanding. Did you hear that? It's a mystery to me that some people don't understand that God wants to do something beyond their own understanding. That's the problem of the synagogue leader. Uh-oh, I've lost control. This can't be of God. But think about that. The mystery of the kingdom of God is that it doesn't always function in the way that I want it to function. And if you're really curious, you might sort of ask yourself, do I ever think that way? 
But notice where this is located, this parable is located. Jesus speaks this parable according to Luke in the midst of a time and a season of opposition to his ministry. And so there is tension, there is anxiety. This passage tells us that Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem and Jesus knows what awaits him in Jerusalem. And in the midst of all of this context of complexity and conflict, Jesus pauses to give words of hope to those who are listening to say, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that when planted becomes something completely different and larger and sustains other forms of life. Living with hope in complex times is the way of Jesus. It's a mystery. Living with hope in complex times is the way of Jesus. I found hope this week in the significance of small things like mustard seeds that become something larger and sustain life. Then Jesus asked, what is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became a tree and the birds perched in its branches. Jesus reveals the great idea of small beginnings small beginnings. Think of the small beginning of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Think of that small beginning in a manger in Bethlehem. Nothing glorious about it. Nothing that attracted attention, but a small beginning in a manger. The son of a carpenter, unexpected, led to a cross, crucified on a cross, resurrected, the tomb is empty, and then Pentecost comes, and what happens at Pentecost? The Holy Spirit spreads the gospel across the known world, all from a small beginning in a manger. The kingdom of heaven is simply the accumulation of small beginnings. And yet we think we want the kingdom of heaven to be this big thing. And we in our Western culture have gravitated to the idea of the big thing. And if it's not a big thing, then it's not worth our time. If it's not a big thing, then I don't want to be there but the kingdom of God is about the accumulation of small beginnings that God nurtures and transforms into meaningful, significant things. Can you remember the birth of the idea of Jesus in your own heart and mind? Can you look back and remember that at that point, the Holy Spirit of God had already been at work in your life, drawing you to that moment? Somewhere in our lives, every one of us, the Holy Spirit planted a thing with a small beginning. 
that God grew into a larger thing and in his own mysterious way birthed into us a desire that blossomed into following Jesus. Small beginnings matter in the kingdom of heaven. Small acts of love and grace and mercy that when gathered together spread their proverbial branches to sustain life in unimaginable ways. Helping Hands Ministry last week provided food for 400 families. Do you know that Helping Hands Ministry began with the desire to care for one family? And the Holy Spirit nurtured it and blessed it and it's multiplied it. I get a text every week with the numbers. The numbers aren't nearly as significant. What matters is it's the accumulation of many small things that have become something significant to others. To be done without fanfare, without attention, just simply, it is what we're called to do. We don't want press for it. We don't want recognition for it. We just ask for God's provision every week. Jesus said it grew and became a tree. I have found hope this week in Jesus' idea that the growth of the kingdom of heaven is the growth that God provides and permits. From small beginnings, the kingdom of God has been persistent in its presence and growth. Opposition has not deterred it. When the organized church has tried to control it, the kingdom of heaven is squirted out on its own. There was a time in Christian history, a sad time, when the Bible was only in Latin, it was only to be read by certain people, not to be read by the masses for fear of being misunderstood differently than the way the church wanted it understood. And so the organized church controlled the access to it and the message and the interpretation of it until a man by the name of Gutenberg decided he'd just print a bunch of them. and it squirted out. And then someone else decided they'd translate out of Latin into the language of the masses, and it squirted out again. And then a young scholar by the name of Martin Luther posted 99 Theses on the door of Wittenberg, just trying to start a conversation, and boy, he started a conversation. And the Reformation came, and the organized church was torn asunder, and the kingdom of heaven squirted out again. Then a guy by the name of John Wesley decided he'd go preach in the fields. 
and his brother decided he'd write hymns to the melodies of the songs sung in the bars. Oh, God help us. You want to worship controversy? Are we okay? Sometimes the resistance to the growth of the kingdom isn't out there. Our church history tells us it's often in the church. But our church history also tells us that if it's God's desire, the organized church won't be able to stop it. It'll squirt out and it'll grow. It'll happen. So explain to me that mystery, will you? But I have found hope in that mystery this week. That the kingdom of heaven is durable. I want to say this to us because I've said it to myself all week. So if I've said it to myself, I'm going to say it to you. The kingdom of heaven is not sustained by my participation. Rather, I am sustained by participation in the kingdom of heaven. And so in that way, the kingdom of heaven is sustainable. The kingdom of heaven is the way God's revelation continues in this present day. And I have found hope in the compelling idea of divine revelation in this present day that I believe is right here in this parable. Because when Jesus says, and the tree grows, the kingdom of heaven like a, is like a tree that grows, That growth is divine revelation. It is God revealing himself in the present day. Think about that. Theologians have all kinds of arm wrestling competitions over the idea of revelation. And I just want to say, stop it. Watch and see. Because God reveals the desire and the work of God right among us every day in the life of the kingdom. Through the lens of this parable, I have found fresh eyes to observe the work of the kingdom as I've seen it revealed in the lives of people around me, from those who felt a tug on their heart that changed their mind. Let me ask you a question. Any of you ever have a plan that you thought God wanted you to do and then God changed that plan? Oh, we could have a testimony time, couldn't we? I had one. I was going to retire this year. <laughs> Foolish man. 
Think about that. When we say, okay, Lord, yes, I'll do it this, but I'm gonna do this, and God says, okay, I want you to do that, but I want you to do it this way, and we say, okay, Lord, I'll do it that way. That's God revealing himself to us. That is the revelation of God shaping us, forming us. It is the kingdom of heaven growing in our midst. What a special idea for us to embrace. As the mustard seeds grows into the bush, the mystery of growth reminds us that the bush is ever growing and the bush is not the same today as it was yesterday. If you don't believe me, come and walk with me out to the rose garden out front. Linda Lucas and Bob Hoyne and Ann Wooten care for the rose garden and they come and they prune it. Why? Because it just grows. It's different every day. The kingdom of God is different every day because it grows. And some of us are prone to think that if we don't see it growing, then it must not be growing. Is it entirely possible that the kingdom of God, God grows without your awareness, recognition, or permission? Oh, I hope so. Oh, I hope so. Oh, I believe so. I trust so. I want the kingdom of God to grow beyond my knowledge. There is a second dimension of present-day divine revelation. If, as Pastor Brad suggested last week, that the kingdom of heaven is not just a noun, it is a verb. Is that what you all do at Fuller, Brad? You guys go from nouning to verbing? I think you have a new marketing slogan. But Brad suggested to us last week that Kingdom for us should not be simply a noun, it should be a verb. We should be kingdoming. I've thought about that all week. You provoked me, Pastor. But here's something for us to think about. Living out what it means to love God and to love our neighbor changes the place where you are present. And when it changes the place where you are present, you become part of God's revelation in the world. When we embrace loving God and neighbor as defined in the scripture, we are God's living revelation to the world. Now, some theologians are gonna be really uncomfortable with that because they're not sure they trust you with that responsibility. Do they understand? You don't need to understand, you just need to be. Just be. Be the verb.
When we embrace loving God and neighbor as defined in the scripture, we are God's living revelation of the world. But let me add a caveat to that. The kingdom of God is not fueled by our participation, but it is fueled by God's work in us, which reveals to those watching us that there is a God at work in us. I had to do something I hate to do this week. And none of you have ever done this, I know. Any of you ever wrote an email and think, maybe I should let it sit overnight? I didn't let it sit overnight. Anybody ever write an email that you didn't let sit overnight? And I sent that email proudly. Boom. And then God came. I hate that. <laughs> and God said, you gotta make a phone call. And I called a woman that I'd never met and made an apology. And she graciously said, apology accepted. The problem is she knew I was a pastor. The same thing is true if you're a believer. Right? Because it's not about you anymore. It's about the God that you worship. It's about the God who's shaping you and transforming you. It's about the God whom we love and whose we are. I would just say in closing that these kingdom of heaven parables are vital to the shaping and forming of the followers of Jesus. For when Jesus spoke this parable to those who were listening, Jesus was saying to them, don't worry about the opposition, don't worry about the conflict, don't worry about the tension, the kingdom of heaven is gonna grow. And it's gonna keep growing. And even though it's a small beginning and even though you can't see it here and now, as we're on the road to Jerusalem, it will grow. It will be mysterious. And sometimes you don't need to do anything with it. In fact, sometimes you just need to get out of the way of it. And sometimes you need to help it and nurture it and sustain it. But it will grow and it has grown and continues to grow. There are some small beginnings in this place. And it's fun to watch them, it's fun to see them go. 
and go and go. But can I just say to you, if you're looking for hope this morning, there is hope in the mustard seed. And if you need hope this morning, let that parable birth something new in you this morning and say, I will trust the words of Jesus to birth something new, even though it's insignificant, even though it's a small beginning, even though it is something I don't completely understand and I don't know where it goes, I'm gonna let God birth new hope in me this morning. And let God be God and let God reveal God to you in a new way, for that is the revelation of God in this present day in your life, in my life, in our life.